0: So the Lord said to talk to you this morning about being designed for destiny. You know, we're all created and designed with a specific purpose. God did not make any flops. He didn't make any mistakes. When he made you, he knew why he made you. And he knew exactly what that purpose would be and what it would take for you to fulfill your destiny and and destiny has to do with choice i can say yes god or i can say no god the children of israel walked around in a wilderness for 40 years because of their attitude uh uh-uh, uh i'm not doing it that way god i'm doing it my way god and you know what happened they missed god they didn't go to the promised land only those of the next generation And two, two others went into the promised land. Why? Because they had a yes God in their spirit. That's what God is calling us to have in our spirits. A yes God in our spirits. There is a scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 5, that the prophet said, God is speaking through the prophet prophetically. God is saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Did you know God ordained many of us before we were even in our mother's womb? Before he put us in that Psalm 139 position in our mother's womb, being fearfully and wonderfully made, he ordained our destiny in so many blocks want to stop us from getting to the place that God wants us to be. But I came this morning to release you into your destiny, to help you to understand that God has that specific purpose for you. That chair was made to be a chair. You are made to be a powerful, unmovable, unshakable son and daughter of God. You are made to walk in the authority of a heavenly father who is a God, a father over you who wants to extend his authority to you to be his voice and his feet and his legs and his person in the earth on your job. Wherever you are, they ought to look at you and say, that's a little taste of Jesus over there. That's what they ought to say. So to get to your destiny, I I I want to give you some prophetic words that the Lord has given me for this year. See, too many times we want to stop. And God has to say something to us to let us know what's in the future. Even though we might not see the future, he's saying, keep going because this is what's ahead of you. You can't give up. You can't quit. I've got to get you to a point that you will birth my promises, God is saying. And then you've got to steward all that you've birthed in the ministry, in your lives, and fulfilling all that God created you to fulfill. You've got to steward it. The Greek word is epistasia. Epistasia. That's the Greek word. It means to manage and administrate and to look after the affairs and, and realizing that your stewardship Is for God. You're not your own. In case you you got up this morning and thought you were your own, I came to put you in check. You are not your own. (laughs) You belong to God. You'll have to excuse me because the girl just says what the Lord says, say. Is that all right? (laughs) That's why I can do prison ministry because the Lord can send me and I'll go and I will speak up and say what God says, say. We are not our own. We belong to God. And the word of the Lord that came to me for 2019, God said, this is a year of productivity. He called it the year of productivity. And I'm going to give you the prophetic and the insight that the Lord has given me. He said, number one, productivity. Productivity and creativity will go hand in hand. God will give great inspiration, which we should steward and not allow procrastination to impede the process. That's for somebody that's been stuck. There will be great inspiration in various areas of productivity. This will bring growth and increase. The body of Christ, a little water, the body of Christ will be edified. Hallelujah. Thank you. You got that. The body of Christ is going to be edified through your productivity and creativity. And I sense there's a lot of that in this room. A lot of that. Productivity is inhibited. It's obstructed by fear, inconsistency, fear of failure. Too many times God gives us a big idea and we thank God. How in the world am I going to ever pull that off? How am I going to make that work? Lack of knowledge, laziness are other inhibitors failure to thrive. I tried once. Thank you. That's good. I tried once and it didn't work, so I'm scared to try it again. That stuff will keep you from where God wants you to be. You have to be a risk taker. In Matthew 25, the 14th through the 30th verse it tells a story of a man going off on an extended trip, and he calls his servants, three servants he calls to, them, to him, and he entrusts them all separately with a different amount. One he gave five talents, and another he gave two talents, and a, the third one he gave one talent. And the specific instructions are the same instructions that God is giving us today. Go out and invest what I've given you. Be a risk taker. No matter how hard it looks, invest it. So the first two, they took the five and the two, they invested it all, and they made twice as much as they had invested. But that one went and buried his talent that the master gave him, and he buried a hole in the ground, and he hid that talent in the ground. And when the master returned, and they had to give an account, the master looked at him and said, what did you do with what I gave you? So many times I realize in my walk with the Lord, I can't speak for you, but God is going to ask me, what did you do with what I gave you? Did you invest it fully? Or did you bury it in the ground? And so when the master saw that this man had buried it in the ground, he called him a wicked and lazy servant. And you know what? He was punished. Go into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Because you didn't fulfill your created purpose. You didn't do what I gave you, the ability to do. I gave you, I put the money in your hand, and instead of spending it, you buried it. The third servant, I have a problem with him because he didn't discern the heart of the master. Have you discerned God's heart for your life, for your ministry, for your purposes? Do you know why you're created? Have you discerned the heart of God and said, yes, God, I'm going to do all that you created me to do? He didn't discern the master's heart. I think that is so, so, so sad. We are not our own. Our destiny requires being productive investors. You were created for fruitfulness, investing all entrusted to you. You have to make adjustments along the way instead of saying, I'm not ready. See, that's... Satanic excuse. Did I can I just use that word? That's an excuse from the pit of hell. That's an excuse from the devil. The devil is whispering in your ear. God is saying, go right. And Satan is saying, Don't you do that? You know, going left is a much better plan. There's some things on the left side that you really like. And you know you're not willing to let all this stuff go that's on the left side. Don't go right you got to raise up and be able to tell the devil you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Jesus, in the wilderness, after he was baptized, went into the wilderness to be, what, tempted by the devil. That's what the Bible says. For 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says that he was hungry because he fasted and prayed that whole time. And when Satan came to him, saying, listen. Brother, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. See this kingdom? See all this stuff? I'll break it off and give it all to you. Jesus had enough Holy Spirit in him, first of all, to know who the devil was. See, you've got to be able to discern. Three times in that wilderness, Jesus had to tell the devil, get behind me. When all that stuff is messing with your head, I teach people, speak out loud. What's in your head will go if you speak out loud against it. Satan, the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I'm doing something and and I'm just under attack. Y'all been there. Y'all know it. And I have to tell the devil, shut up. Get out of my head. The Lord rebuke you. You get behind me. And I take it to the next level. This is blood-bought property. You can't trespass here. You better learn how to get yourself activated to get to your destiny. So I bless you with productivity to receive divine creativity, divine insight, divine wisdom, divine provision, and divine enhancement. In the name of Jesus, you will be productive. And then the next thing God told me, this is prophetic again, God said, Completion, number two, blocks are being removed from on-hold assignments. God did not put them on hold. The enemy called doubt did this. There will be fluid movement of thoughts and insight, and you will, quote, no, unquote. There will be new developments. Development is a key word this year. That's what the Lord spoke to me. And let me give you some insight. Some delays have been divine in our lives, but there's been other delays That Satan has put up blocks. It made us feel like we couldn't go any further. And God is saying, This is the season that I'm going to remove those blocks. I'm going to take down some walls. I'm going to move some people forward. I'm going to break some chains. I'm going to remove procrastination and fear and low self-esteem and confusion and doubt and frustration. I'm going to break some stubborn wheels that are still wanting to go one way when I'm saying go another way. God is not accepting our excuses. (laughs) It's time to grab hold of faith and not let go. And there will be great fruitfulness in this season of completion. Fruitfulness is the result of planting a seed, watering it, giving it adequate sun, and watching it grow. God wants you to invest what he has given you. So in the name of Jesus, I call you to rise above every obstacle, and I call you to soar in the name of Jesus. Soar! There are those I hear in the spirit that feels like their wings have been clipped. I speak healing to those wings this morning. You will rise up on wings like an eagle. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. In the name of Jesus, I call you to soar. And then God spoke to me about advancement. That's the third thing. He said advancing and moving forward in faith and indeed will be great. He spoke to me about four areas of advancement. And the first one is biblical teaching and diligence. I've got to study to show myself approved. A workman unto God that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. I've got to do this thing. I've got to hear God. I've got to teach others. And you know what? We have to stop these seasons of Spiritual pregnancy, that's the best way I can put it. God has called you and this ministry is in you and you're full and you pass by people and so many times you want to stop and you want to pray for them, but you're pregnant. You just hold that baby inside of you. There are times when God is saying, move forward, go up and pray. God is saying, stand at the door. God is saying, do this in my house, do this for my house. God is saying, reach out and bless somebody. God is saying, have a season of fasting and praying. And you're saying, "Mm, this is so good. So good. So good. And you're not doing nothing. Spiritual pregnancy. God has shown you his purposes. He's shown you his plans. He's given you his promises. And you're saying, "Mm, God, this is good, good, good. But 600 excuses. When God called me to pastor, huh? I can't go too deeply into this because I'm watching the time. When God called me to pastor, I was 100% disabled. I was on a bed of affliction. I had trigger point injections about every six weeks. I was treated at Oregon Health Sciences University. I needed my knees replaced, and I had broken my spine. I had severe fibromyalgia, degenerative disc disease, degenerative arthritis, Renault syndrome, a whole list of stuff, and I had all kinds of narcotics to help me through a day. I even had methadone at one time. And you know what God had the nerve to say to me? Will you, Pastor? As if he was blind and couldn't see. And you know what I had the nerve to say? Yes, God. Yes, Lord. I slipped out of my bed. I had just gotten a series of trigger point injections. I slid out of my bed and laid prostrate on the floor in our bedroom. And I went to Psalm 103. I had to claim my benefits. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who heals all of your diseases, who delivers your life from the pit. I had to reach in and give my benefits. I said, God, I said yes to the job. Now I want my benefits. You made me, you got to fix me. I'm a creation of the creator. See, too many times you may be listening not only to the devil in your mind, you're listening to your flesh. You're listening to legalism. Oh, don't let her touch that. You're listening to a spirit of dominance that says, I've got to hold you back in the church. This kind of preaching is what has set our ministry free. All nations, apostleship of network ministries in the South. We're raising up women that they won't lead at. They won't ordain as pastors. We're going and covering them, mentoring them, raising them up and planting churches. And God is doing crazy things with those women. Men, and they're operating in all the gifts of the spirit. One of them then got so bold in God, she'll prophesy to a house, never saw him before, and start calling people out by name. Oh, if you'll just obey God, what he has for you. All that he has for you. And when I decided to get a yes in my spirit from that day in 2000, I think it was 2001 until this, I have never needed a trigger point injection. Oh, somebody ought to say amen in this house. Y'all know that word? Let me hear you say amen. amen. Ooh, that sounded good. Hallelujah. You have to move by faith. If you move in fear, you will remain paralyzed because fear will paralyze you and keep you stuck and keep you from moving into your destiny. You have to move by faith. The first time I went to Indonesia with Pastor Sunny, I was telling her how the Lord delivered me from the narcotics. I was laying in bed. And I still, my deliverance, my healing has come in phases. It didn't come all at once. Sometimes God allows us to go through a test to see what we're made of and what he can trust us with. I was laying in bed and Sonny had said to me earlier, we were out in Emeryville kicking it, mommy, since you're here, will you go to me, with me to Indonesia? And the Holy Ghost had already said yes. I said, daughter, let me pray. <laughs> and then I talked to my husband, I came back, I said, yes, I will go. I went to Indonesia and I said, God, you've delivered me from all these narcotics. I had all kinds of narcotics The the doctor even told me, you can come in twice a month. I will save a shot of morphine for you. You need it more than all my other patients. And I said, I'm not doing it, doctor. I would never take my full prescriptions. And then three times I did get addicted. Somebody needs to hear a word of deliverance in this house. I went to Indonesia. I said, God, I'm going by faith. I had laid hands on myself in bed and said, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost will tell you how to pray. I said, in the name of Jesus, I reject the need in my body for this medication. In the name of Jesus, I command you foul and unclean spirit of infirmity, get out. Leave my presence, get out. I felt something start tingling in my stomach. It tingled all the way up my chest. It tingled all the way up my throat. And you know, when you feel delivered, don't start speaking in tongues. Open your mouth and let the thing out. I just opened my mouth, it tingled down my tongue and off. I said, God, you did something great. I didn't take any medicine with me to Indonesia and didn't need any medicine in Indonesia because my God is an awesome God. If you'll sign up for your assignment, if you get a yes in your spirit, you'll go to your destiny. I would never be where I am today in ministry had I not said yes had I not taken leaps of faith. As you are moving in the word, that's what we're talking about, skillful use of the word. There are appropriate weapons. You've talked about the weapons of praise this morning, and it's so good. There are weapons that you are going to have to uh, pull out and use. I think I brought an arsenal this morning to drop off a few things. Is that all right? (laughs) Second Corinthians 10 and three says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity that thought that says I can't do it. I'm bringing that into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience with your, when your obedience is fulfilled. How do I punish my disobedience? I pull out a weapon. <laughs> Glory to God. You've got to use the weapons that move you into the might and the power of God and get you out of yourself. Did you know that? You've got to use the weapons given to us in Acts 1 and 8, the weapons of praying in the Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the world, I'm going to be a witness in Santa Rita Jail, in Glen Dyer Jail, in Valley State Prison, in due vocational institution. Wherever God is sending me, I'm going to be a witness. I'm pulling out my weapons. You've got to use the Bible. God's word is sharper than a double-edged sword. Quote scripture. Luke 10 and 19. I've used this so many times. I was in prison ministry. I was in Santa Rita jail. I had a lady's house in the chapel with us, and I was the only one there leading. I didn't have any other team members. I had all these women, and I had a prayer line. And this lady all of a sudden started manifesting in the demonic. And in my spirit instantly, Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I quote that scripture in the name of Jesus. Come out of this woman. Nothing shall hurt you. Then you can use kindness. Rather than getting an attitude, why don't you just use, you gotta bless and do not curse. I love Romans 12 and 20. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing so, watch my weapon, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Yeah. I've gotta use the weapon of love. I've gotta love my enemies. I've got to do good to those that hate me and pray for those who spitefully use me and persecute me. What does love do as my weapon? It releases me from bitterness and unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is gangrene in your system. Bitterness will kill you before it kills the one that hurt you. You've got to be able to forgive and release love. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. Love them, and I'm not saying you got to buddy up with them and partner with them. There's some people who have hurt me so bad, I learned to love them and pray for them. But I guarantee you, I'll never give them another chance to try and kill me. Oh, some amen in the house. Y'all didn't say it like you meant it. You can do a little bit better than that. I like that so. You've got to use appropriate words. Don't speak curses over yourself anymore. Don't call yourself stupid and dumb and, and I'm crazy and I just don't know why I can't. you speak speaking curses. Proverbs 18 and 21, this is the message. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. What comes out of your mouth is what you will have. You gotta use decrees and declarations. Job the 22nd chapter. 28th verse you will decree a thing and it shall be established for you so your light will shine on your ways do you get up in the in the morning making decrees over your life i get up in the morning a lot of times there's a place i like to stand in my kitchen and just look up into the sky okay god i'm here good morning god i decree and declare this morning god that i'm the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath today. I'm going to soar God today. I'm going to accomplish all the purposes for which you have called me to accomplish. And listen, God, I know I'm your favorite. Hallelujah. Did you know that you're his favorite? So many times the devil wants you to believe that God doesn't care anything about you, but the truth is you are his favorite. How is that? Because he's a God that doesn't show favoritism, loves us all the same. How about that? We're all his favorite, but the devil doesn't want you to know it. You're his favorite. The devil told me So many times, you know, we speak those things. I'm under attack. I can't do such and such. I'm just under attack. Y'all just have to pray for me. How many been there? How many have ever said that? Oh, be truthful. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you know what? The, the, The spirit of the Lord spoke to me. One morning, I wrote it in my journal. On June 17, 2018, I wrote the date. God said, stop speaking. I'm under attack. Don't you say that again. I said, okay, God. He said, speak this. And I want you to repeat after me. I operate under the authority of almighty God, my father, of his son, Jesus Christ, my savior, and of the Holy Spirit, my baptizer, who has extended to me exousia and dunamis power to conquer all. I conquer all in Jesus name. Amen. Exousia is a Greek word. It speaks of the unrestrained favor and freedom that comes from God to exercise delegated power that comes from God. Oh, y'all didn't get that. Oh, come on. Dunamis refers to the act of miraculous power, absolute power. Words that are derived from dunamis is dynamite and dynamo and dynamic. That's what God has given you. That's what you're rolling with. God has given me exousia power. When the devil comes at me, hold up. God has given me exousia and dunamis power to conquer all. Go in Jesus' name. You have to use the weapon of wisdom. Oh, church, not everyone can go where you go. It's not that that people are necessarily bad people, and this is especially for pastors and leaders, but some people you can only take to a certain point. You gotta learn who's pulling on your anointing, and when you it's time to put them in another position or let them take a seat somewhere else. You know what? Uh, Okay, here she goes. (laughs) Stop crying when people leave your church. Sometimes God is separating the wheat from the chaff. And sometimes they're just going to do better in another place. Jesus had 12 disciples. There were three of them that he took places that the other nine could not go. You got to know who has your spiritual DNA. You got to use stability. The disciples walked with Jesus for three complete years. They didn't say, sick of you, going to another church. You're not taking me with, up with the other three. Those nine didn't say, I'm tired of not being a part of the sons of thunder. I'm going to go find me another leader. <laughs> you gotta use stability. If you continue to plant yourself somewhere else, your roots are gonna eventually just die out. One of the things that saddens me so much is when people take their children out of church. Take their children out of church, stop going to church, leave the church for some reason, and then the devil has them in this position of ostracizing them. They can't find the church. And then there's a season when the children are not church and the enemy has come in through that open door that you opened and they don't want to go back to church. And they get in trouble. Oh, I've seen it how many times. Raise your children in church. Our children will tell you, Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Charles, Pastor Joshua, and Melody, they will tell you on a Sunday morning, we went to church in the Robinson household. If they got up and said, mommy, I have a tummy ache, I can't go, come out of them now, be healed in Jesus' name. You take your little self upstairs, shower, dress, and meet me at the door. You had to vomit or something if I let you stay home. (laughs) We didn't play that, prayer meeting. I had a wooden spoon in my purse took those boys to prayer meeting, if they started showing out and one of them, which one of them loved to mimic Charles? Where is Charles? He used to get behind a little old lady and she'd be crying and speaking in tongues. He'd about this big, sitting behind her, crying and speaking in tongues. I'd open my purse and say, want some of this? (laughs) He'd sit still. Take your children to prayer. You know how they learned how to fast and pray? We took them faith hall all night you taking those children to faith hall yeah baby get on your face babies let's pray then i'll let them sleep for a few hours then wake them up again wake up pray pray press you gotta press you gotta pray how are they gonna learn it you gotta teach them they have to experience it through you and the second thing to reach your destiny You have to have biblical teaching and and diligence. That ends that point. And then biblical compliance. God, this is prophetic again. God said, biblical compliance. I'm not interested in your way when my way is sovereign. I got to find God in the secret place. My daughter said to me, I was telling her how I wake up sometimes, often. Two, three in the morning is usually my time that I wake up and I talk to God. I don't always get up. He hears me laying right there, I'm wide awake and I have a big smile on my face. And I'm saying, God, I love you so much. I, I just pr- appreciate you so much. And then I'll start praying for different people and different needs. And then there's times when I just have to listen to what he's saying. And, and I think my daughter said, oh, how does that work? Are you tired when you wake up in the morning? And and I don't remember exactly what I said, but, honey, you got to sacrifice. If you don't sacrifice, Abraham found out that there won't be a supplication if I don't sacrifice. The ram's not coming out of the bush if I'm not willing to sacrifice. If I want God to do something for me, i got to be willing to sacrifice. So that is one of my weapons. Hallelujah. We have to get into the presence of God. We got to get into that secret place. And we have to have the ability to wait. Mm -hmm. I got to wait on God, and I have to wait with God. Because he's there with me. I was on a 21-day fast for something, and I just did not feel the presence of God for 20 days. and on the 21st day, I literally felt the Lord walk behind me in my room, and I felt Him put His hand on my back. I felt His hand, said, "God, you' here, You're here." Listen, when it feels like He's not, I guarantee you that he is. I promise you that He is. And if you're going to where he wants you to be, you've got to know that he's there with you. I'm with you always. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lord, I'm with you always. We were ministering to someone who had been given uh, uh, like 135 years or something sentence. And, and the chaplain said, what am I going to say to him? I said, invite him to open his heart and let Jesus in. Because Jesus says, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you. you got to know that he's there. And in your fasting and praying, you've got to press in. You've got to be diligent. you got to get yourself. I encourage all our ministers, get on a schedule to fast and pray. I have a schedule once a month that I'm going to fast and pray. And I tell them, here, God, what is your schedule? Mine is the first through the 10th of the month. Might be one meal. Why? Because of the ministry that God has put us in. Some of these demons only come out through fasting and praying. I was praying for someone who was demonically possessed in Valley State Prison. And when I laid hands on them, that thing resisted. I just spoke out. I have fasted and prayed. You cannot resist me. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out right now. And it did. You will have to go all the way. Don't be timid. Go all the way. Deny yourself. So in Jesus' name, I bless you with obedience and a hunger for God's word and a hunger for his presence, a hunger to go the distance. And the third thing he said, submission to leadership without dominance, dominance and control of wit- it's as of the sin of witchcraft. Man. The spirit of Ahab and Jezebel, and I'm not going to go into detail with it. The church has to be careful of the spirit of Ahab and Jezebel that wants to come and tear up the ministry. Ahab always did his dirt through Jezebel. And I'm not going to go into that. I took that section out because I didn't, go, didn't have time for all that detail. But it's something to be on your guard for. There are those that God puts in position over us, shepherds who have a love for the flock, who are going to diligently lead their flock, who are walking in the spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Well, how do I know that Jezebel spirit? I think it's described very well in uh, Galatians 5 and 19. This is a good analogy of Jezebel. The works of the flesh are evident. They are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revilers, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past, Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. God's word is true. And then the fourth thing God told me to share with you, Co-laborship. Let there be great co-laborship, the body of Christ. Uh, I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. A ear cannot say to the foot, you're not important. Everyone is vitally important to the body of Christ. Every member of the body. Someone was sharing with me, we were talking about the organs of the body, and I had not even thought of this. She talked about the value of the organ of the skin Without your skin, you can't exist. And God is saying to us to realize that every single person is vital. If they're down, go get them up. If they're hurt, go and encourage them. Speak words of encouragement to them. First Corinthians three and nine, We are God's fellow workers, His servants working together. You are God's cultivated field, His garden, His vineyard, God's building. So we have to co-labor with one another. And this was the last thing he said. He said he wants to advance his kingdom, and he is the king. I'm not the king. You're not the king. Our pastors are not the kings. God is the king of his kingdom. If you're going to live out your destiny... If you're going to understand your designed and created purpose of your destiny, I want to remind you of the words of Rafiki. (laughs) I know your father. I know your father. And you know how he took Simba over to the brook and he told him, look into the river, look into the water. What am I going to see? Just look. And as he looked into the water, and he looked deeper and deeper and deeper, all of a sudden, he saw the Lion King. Why? Because your father is in you. He's in you. And the created purpose that God has implanted inside of you for your destiny to be fulfilled, you got to realize who your daddy is who your father is. Your father, God, is watching over you day and night. And he is not gonna send you anywhere that he can't take you. He's not gonna call you to do anything that's impossible for you to do. It may look like it's impossible, but God has a way of escape. When he called me, it looked as though it was absolutely impossible in the flesh. And by the way, my back is healed. My knees are healed. The degenerative arthritis is gone. The degenerative disc disease is gone. The Renaud syndrome is gone. Did I ever have a surgery? Only from the chief physician. Only. Your design destiny. Bow your heads. Oh, Father. We bless this precious flock this morning, God. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. Would you just stop by each seat, God? Would you go row to row, God? (laughs) And would you embrace them in your love and in your mercy and in your grace? And God, would you let them know that you're there? You sent me to release them into their destiny, God. And through the power of the word that you have given me this day, God, I call a release on this house. I call a release on every single person, every member. I hear the Spirit say, even those that are absent today, I call a release. And I call you to go all the way across the finish line, into your destiny. Will you look in the Father's face as you sit here? Will you see God? Will you see his glory on your life? Will you see his power evident and moving inside of you? Will you see God? And when you grab, will you grab a hold of fresh faith this morning? and say, yes, God, I'm going all the way. Oh, all the way. All the way, God. The plans and purposes, God, that you have put inside of me, I'm going to give birth to them this morning. The ministry that you've called me to, I'm giving birth this morning, and I'm saying yes, and I'm calling it forth because it has to go to the destination for which you are sending it, God. I break off doubt, confusion. I break off a stagnant spirit in the name of Jesus. I break off every question that Satan has held over this congregation. Go in Jesus' name. This is a fruitful church. And they operate under the authority of Almighty God, their Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, their Savior, and the Holy Spirit, their Baptizer. You have extended to them exousia and dunamis power to conquer all. They conquer all in Jesus' name. Conquer all in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I need you to just take a deep breath and exhale. Oh, yeah. Refreshing spirit. Fall afresh. Fall afresh. Your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. God, I seal what you've done right now with the seal of the Holy Spirit. There will be no backlash from the evil one and no retaliation. Every spirit of doubt, every spirit that wants to retaliate, we send you back from wherever you came from. This is a no-delivery address. The blood of Jesus is against you right now. And I release the blood of Jesus over this house, over each and every one, God. The prophetic ministry that's in this house, God, I'm hearing you speaking to me about it. God, increase it, increase it, increase it. You have set this house as a prophetic house, God. Oh, God, and the enemy has fought so much to destroy the prophet. That is the spirit of Jezebel. Her assignment was to take out the true prophet. Oh, we break that off in the name of Jesus. It is broken. It is broken. This prophetic house will prophesy over San Francisco. It will prophesy over the Bay Area, God. They will prophesy, God, and they will see the prophetic words that flow from their mouth come to pass in the name of Jesus. We release it over them, God. And for those who don't know you this morning, we have the opportunity to step into our destiny simply by saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. <laughs> Teach me your ways. I submit myself as a son, as a daughter. I submit myself as your child. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart. And from this moment on, from this day on, I'm yours. I will live By biblical principle, I will fulfill my design destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.